You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never running assistance in Ramah B'Shem Yishuz, Rav 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's bow, and we have the very beginning of our Parsha, the Pasuk says that Hashem instructed Moshe to come to Paro to warn him about the upcoming Makos, the, the plagues that were about to happen. Why? Because Hashem had hardened his heart. He made his heart heavy and the heart of his servants. It says the Medrash, a beautiful, beautiful idea. First, we come at it from one angle, then we come at it from a different angle. This is what the verse says. The verse says in Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 3, it says, that the weight of a stone and the weight of sand, sand is something which is very heavy, those things have a certain weight, but the thing that's even heavier than both of those things is the anger of the fool. Okay, that's the Pasuk. Now the Medrash gives us two explanations. One is going to seem perhaps a little disconnected from our Parsha, but the second one will be very much connected. There's a very deep and important lesson to learn from both ideas. Says the Medrash, what is the concept of the weight of the stone? What is the idea? A person who sees the mountains and the valleys, you see the mountains, you see the valleys, you can look in my Bitochen podcast, you can see those mountains and valleys in the background. And what can a person say but how did Hashem create these? These are incredible feats. You see the mountains, they, they're breathtaking. How did, how did Hashem do that? What does it mean, the, the weight of sand? That why, oh, the, the water, how is it that the water is able to float above the sand. This is a little bit of a challenging line in the measures to explain, but I'm, I'm going to explain how I understand it. Water, if you watch the water come in, the tide come in, so as the water comes in, you see the sand coming up in the water. So water is something which causes the sand to, to come up. And yet, what do we see? We see that the water is above the sand. The sand holds up the water. How is it that that's possible? How, how are these things ordered? It seems like a difficult task. Another explanation that Yosef says is that how is it that the water at the beach is able to stop the, I'm sorry, the sand at the beach is able to stop the water from rising above the land? It seems to be something which is very difficult. Omar HaKadosh This is something that seems very difficult to human beings. How did Hashem create the mountains and the valleys? But they think that it's that's something which took effort on my part. Says Hashem, it's not a great effort for me. Shnemar, Pasik says in Yeshaya in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. God doesn't get weary, God doesn't get tired. But but says Hashem, what does wear me out? What is difficult for me, as it were? 
somebody who angers me with empty matters. We'll see in a moment what that means. You have made God weary with your words. Pasuk in Malachi, chapter 2, verse 17. This is the idea that the, the anger of the fools is heavier, or more difficult to God, as it were, than the other two. Than the other two things, the stones. The stones represent the mountains, the chol, the sand. What is the idea here? It's saying that, as the Yosef explains it, when a person does things wrong, when a person defies God, when he does, as the, the language of the Medrash is, dvarm v'teilim, empty matters, things that are not of spiritual import. When a person does that, so, this is something that wears out God. What is the idea? The idea is that Hashem Hashem works with the Midas Hadin. Hashem works with the attribute of divine justice. And when a person defies God, when a person denies that Hashem exists, when a person does all these things, so Midas Hadin, the, the attribute of God's just, justice, demands that a person who de- denies God should be destroyed. A person who defies God should be destroyed. And yet, as the Tamar Devorah speaks about, God is called a Melech Aluv, he is an embarrassed king. Why? Because even though he's the one providing the very sustenance, the very life force, the very breath that the atheist is taking and using that breath to defy God, to speak against God, to deny that God exists, still Hashem continues to give that person his life force. He continues to give that person life. So that's something which is a great challenge. Because really Hashem set up the world, that there's Minas Hadin, things should be done measure for measure. If a person denies God, their life should be denied. But Hashem doesn't. Hashem does the impossible, as it were, and Hashem has patience. That's the first part of the Medrash. Dabar Achir, the Medrash, teaches us another another idea, which is, which is related, but it's still another idea, and it's a very important idea in trying to understand why was it so difficult for the Jewish people in Egypt? Why do we have difficulties in our lives? What is the idea behind the challenges in our lives? Why are we sometimes, why do we sometimes interact or, or have challenges from people who are not so ch- good people? Why do things happen in our lives that don't seem to be so good? So the Medrash is going to teach us a very important, powerful idea. What is the idea? This is a brand new idea. What is the idea of the kaivet evin, the weight of the stone? Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu, ki bariti es Yisrael ba'elam shenikru evin. The word kaivet, which means weight, can also mean something which is weighty, something that's important. Right? We give kavod, which is the same root as the word kaved. We give honor to something which is important, something which is weighty. So Hashem says, I give honor to the stone. What is the stone? The stone is a reference to the Jewish people. The verse says, Misham Roya Evan Yisrael. The verse in Genesis and Bracious, Paragraph Test, Pasuk Chav Dalad, chapter 49, verse 24. It refers to the Jewish people as the Evan Yisrael, the stone of Israel. God gives weight to the stone. The stone is important. The fact that the Jewish people as the ATSF explains, we are this, why are we a stone? What is the idea of a stone? It's referring to the Evan Hapina, the foundation stone. 
It's the cornerstone of the building. The Jewish people are the cornerstone of the nations of the world. We bring morality to the world. To the extent that we keep the Torah, which is the blueprint of morality, which was given by God to the world. So we represent godliness, morality in the world. We are the Evanapina. We are the cornerstone, the foundation stone of the world. So Hashem gives us honor, as it were. God also gives honor to the to the sand. We find that the Jewish people, it's a reference to the Jewish people, God is giving honor to us. Why? Because we are compared to sand. Shinemar's Pazik says, The verse refers to the fact that the number of the Jewish people is going to be like the number of sand by the sea. Hashem says, you know, He is mechabit us, He protects us, He honors us, He considers us to be extremely important because we are the foundation stone and we are also like sand. And this is also explained by the Yitzhak of what is the idea of sand? The Jewish people are like sand. It means that just as sand is inside of water, let's say, or liquid, or inside of the the waves of the sea, and yet it does not get mixed up. It's always it maintains its individuality. It doesn't. It's not like uh, salt or something which can uh, uh, be absorbed by the water. Sand is never absorbed. So, to the Jewish people, are never absorbed. So, because of these two aspects, because of the fact that we maintain our identity, we maintain our separateness from the from the nations of the world, we maintain our morality. We continue in the ways of our forefathers and we are that foundation stone of the world. Because of this, so Hashem honors us. And He says that whoever touches them, it's like they're touching the, the, the inside of an eye. The, the eye is a very sensitive place. If you touch the eye, it could be damaged. Bishua, it says that when it says touches the eye, it doesn't just mean touches a person's eye. It means as if they touched my eye, Kiviachal, as it were. God is saying, if they touch the Jewish people, it's like they're touching my eye. They're touching something very sensitive about me. The apple of my eye. The Jewish people are the apple of God's eye. So says the Medrash something very important. And this is the point, which is really a Hemeshach, a continuation of the first part of the Medrash. We saw that what is it that's hard for God? What is it that angers God? Even though God can be civil everything, God can carry anything, right? What angers Him, or what's difficult for Him, so to speak, is when a person denies God, when a person goes against God, he defies God. So now the Jewish people have a function in the world, and that is what provides us with protection. The Jewish people's function is to act as the cornerstone of the nations, to act like the cholayam, to act like the sand and not get absorbed not assimilate into the to the nations around us. But what happens if chas v'shalom, heaven forbid we do? What happens, says the Medrash, is that if we do so, then we're defying God. And it's a very difficult thing for God, as it were, to to carry us. We don't deserve to be carried because we're not doing our job. We are not fulfilling our function in the world. Says God, as it were, the Jewish people have angered me. They have defied me. They are allowing themselves to be absorbed into Egypt or into America or into Western culture or whatever cultures that the Jewish people have been, have faced throughout our three millennia 
of existence, existence, they need to be destroyed. We don't have that protection if we're not doing God's will. But says Hashem, But I'm going to save them, says God. They don't deserve to be saved. They don't deserve to be carried. It's too too much for me. It's it's too weird. It makes me too weary. But I will save them. Because there's something that even though I could be mechabed them because of their, the fact that they're like a stone. I could be mechabed them, could honor them because of the fact they're like the chol, but they've lost that honor. They've lost that protection. So what is going to protect them? Something else which is even more heavy, which is even heavier, which is even more important. And that is, Paro would say something. Pharaoh would say about the Jewish people that you know why they're going to be destroyed? Do you know why they're going to completely assimilate and be lost? It's because God can't save them. God can't protect them. God can't take care of them. Therefore, he let them die, or he killed them. Because of this statement of Paro, because of this kind of statement of the nations of the world, God says, despite the fact that the Jewish people have angered me, despite the fact that they have gone against me, they have defied my will, nevertheless, I will not destroy them, because I can't destroy them because of Pharaoh. What will Pharaoh say? What will the nations of the world say? How will it look if they are destroyed? So in the second understanding, what is the idea of the anger of the fool, which is heavier than, than both, which is more important? The anger of the fool is the anger, the, the angry statement of Pharaoh that he would say if the Jewish people would be destroyed, if they would be killed. He would say about them, he would say really about God, that God could not protect them, or God is not interested in them, he, he wishes to destroy them. He says the Medrash an amazing thing. That is why God, that is why God, Pasuk says, means, literally it means that God made his heart heavy. But, as the Medrash is understanding it at this point, means, I have made, I have made this, this important. His heart, what he would say, what he would think, is what's important to me, important enough to, to weigh the decision onto the side of Racham, onto the side of mercy, such that I will not destroy the Jewish people, even though they don't per se deserve to continue their existence. So it's an amazing thing. We wonder, why is it that the Jewish people have to undergo such difficulties? Why is it that we have to face off with such enemies? Why is it that the nations of the world why do they come against us? Why do they have to? Why do they want to destroy us? And the Medrash is telling us that there's an important function in that, because we don't per se really deserve the good that God wants to give us. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world with midas hadin, with a midas hadin, which means that things are measure for measure. If I am nice to others, Hashem is nice to me. Who is honored? Somebody who honors others. Right? Everything that we see in the world. We know how we interact with our children. We know how things go with our spouses, with our friends. The world is programmed. We human beings are programmed that the way that a person acts with us is how we 
interact with them. So measure for measure, if we are maches, we anger HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we anger God, so then we don't deserve to exist. Like we saw, that's the, the most difficult thing for God, as it were, to continue to give existence to those who don't deserve to exist. But Hashem is Rachamim. So what we see is an amazing thing, that part of His Rachamim, part of His mercy, is the very fact that He introduces enemies to the Jewish people. He introduces a paro. He introduces someone who says, these people, they, they, if they're destroyed, if they're destroyed, what will the enemy say? It's because God hates them. It's because God doesn't have the power to protect them. And that would be a tremendous chil Hashem. And we say, in the Shemon we say, we ask God to bring Mashiach. We say, that God brings a Redeemer to the sons of their sons. That's us. For His name's sake, with love. Which means to say, that we don't per se deserve Mashiach to come. There's different opinions about what kind of generation it will look like when Mashiach, when the Messiah arrives. There's one opinion it's going to be a Dorsha Kuloichai, a generation which is that all of the people in that generation are not worthy. They're not worthy of redemption. So why are we going to get redeemed? It's because of God's name with love. Because of God's name, God. God is able to turn towards His love. God is able to redeem us. God is able to save us, bring us out of Egypt. Why? For His own name, for His own name's sake. Because of the fact that His name will be dishonored. So now He has an excuse, so to speak, to be able to save the Jewish people so Pharaoh doesn't say that God can't do it. So that the Ayatollah doesn't say that God can't protect the Jews. So that the nations of the world don't say that God can't protect us. There's a Gemara in, in Psachim that I'm learning currently. It's around Davkuf Yud Zayin, Davkuf Tet Zayin, 116, 117. And the Gemara says an amazing thing. The Gemara says an awesome thing. It says that we say Hallel. We know we say Hallel on Pesach. We say Hallel uh, on Sukkot. We say Hallel. This amazing expression of praise, which is in the Sefer Tehillim, in Kuf Yud Zayin, Kuf Yud Ches, 117, 118. And the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and the the statement that we make there in Hallel, we make these amazing statements, we, we praise God, but say, they took us out of Egypt, that... We think Hashem Yomrena Yisrael. The people of Israel say, "Kilam Chazdoi." God's God's praises forever. The question is, when was this written? When was Hallel written? That's what the Gemara asks, and the Gemara says, "Could it be that if if King David was the one who wrote this, and he wasn't just uh, you know collating some some beautiful psalms from previous generations? So what did they say on Pesach?" When they shook the lulav until then, could it be that they didn't say halal? The Gemara says that each of the generations, when there was a difficulty, when there was a challenge, throughout all of these different generations, before the Yeshua came, before the salvation came, they said halal, and after the salvation came, they said halal. They said these words, 
Now, what are the words? So I've heard this actually, I think, I think misunderstood. It doesn't mean that we're thanking God for the salvation before it happens. It means that there are verses in there that says, Loilanu Hashem Loilanu. God, don't do it for us, because we don't deserve it. Do it for your honor. For your name's sake, give honor. It shouldn't look bad for you if something bad happens to the Jewish people. As a result of our humility in saying, God, it's not for us. We don't deserve to be saved. As a result of that recognition, the result is that Hashem says, says the Gemara, Lema'ani, Lema'ani, Esa. I will do it, I will do it for my sake. For my sake, for my sake will I do it. It's an amazing thing. The Medjish is saying a different aspect of it. In, in this aspect, we're saying that when we are humble, when we recognize that we don't deserve it, Hashem does it for His sake and He saves us. That's an amazing thing. But this is another aspect of it, which is that sometimes we might not be ready to say, Hashem, that we don't deserve it. And if we're not ready to say that, so Hashem will create a situation where there is somebody who will say something that will cause God to save us. And that's called our enemy. That's called a Pharaoh. That's called an Ayatollah. That's called a uh, Nazi regime. If they will, if the Jewish people will be destroyed, what will God say? What will, what will the nation say? What will Pharaoh say? That is what motivates sometimes Hashem to save us. But also, like we saw in the Gemara Pesachim, Leilanu Hashem, Leilanu, is also motivation. So, this is what I would like to take out of the Medrash, and this is a foundation of Geula, of redemption, in those times, in our times. Number one, we need to know that sometimes we need enemies. We need those enemies not to destroy us. We need those enemies because because of the fact that they're there and they would say, where is their God? God has to come in and show that He's there and protect us and save us even though we don't deserve it. That's number one. And number two is the humility. The humility. We don't deserve it. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should recognize number one, we don't necessarily deserve it. Number two, what can we do to deserve it? Strengthen ourselves in our Avodah Hashem. Strengthen ourselves in our service of God, our, our dedication. Be the Evan Yisrael. Be the cornerstone of the nations of the world. Be Kichoyl. Be like the sand that doesn't get absorbed, that's able to stand strong in one's own identity. And Hashem should help us to recognize that even when there are challenges, even when there are enemies, those enemies are indeed there also for our good, so that Hashem can save us and give us all of the things that we need. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.